morning. So good. I, I, I do want to share a quick story. And um, just to illustrate that God cares about a whole bunch of things, and I'm glad that um, Carol did mention it. But uh, I was leading a church down the south coast, and uh, one morning I came out after preaching my heart out, veins popping everywhere, kingdom of God coming, and uh, desiring for people's lives to be changed. And uh, I walk out into the parking lot thinking, man, this is why I exist. And a lady ran up to me and she said, Richard, please pray, please pray. And I, I was like ready to pray for anything. It's like, what do you want me to pray about? And she said, my parents flown away. It felt like all the wind got sucked out of my sails, and I was like, what am I doing? And God spoke to me in that moment. He said, what matters to people matters to me. And man, it just changed my perspective and how I actually pastored people um, beyond that point. And because nothing is too small or nothing is too big for, for our king. And, and, and today, what I wanted to share, and we're going to carry on in, in Ephesians, and uh, we don't want to rush through Ephesians just because it is that amazing, but within the context today, it's, it's my prayer that if we can go out going, God is a whole bunch bigger than I think, so I better change the way I think. He's so, and, and excuse the English, he's so much gooder than you think, so we need to change the way we think. I, I, I think because of the consistency of life and routine, we reduce God to our moments or our finances or family and, it, and, and church on a Sunday, and, and it, we just start reducing who He is, but He is so much bigger than what we think. So it's the manifestation and the release and us seeing the kingdom of God comes is when we change our minds, when we have a bigger perspective on who He is. And uh, so this is why this book of Ephesians, being fully equipped, is to help train us how to think differently because the world trains you and is pushing you around its thought processes all the time. And what have we got that is fact, that is truth, that is unshakable, and that's the Word of God revealed in Jesus? There's four things that I work through in my life consistently when I forget. It's, it's the, the message in my heart is the one called I am, where I understand my identity, my authority, and my mission. And that's where you'll find in this book as well. You'll find your identity, you find your authority, and then you find out what to do with that, your mission. And, and four things that I, I want to get rooted in my own life is this. Who is God to me revealed through Jesus? Who is He? I have to get that clear within my own life because opinions will come. But as I, the word glory means view and opinion. If, if, if any other opinion is not the same as God's glory or His view and opinion, I have to change mine to come to the fact. Who is God revealed through Jesus? Who am I because of Christ? Who am I now? Where am I seated and what do I have? Number three, what is available to me now in Christ? What's available? And we, we heard last week is we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. What is, and then number four, what is my Holy Spirit-empowered mandate while on earth? If I don't understand my identity, I'm not going to go towards my mandate. My mandate is to bring heaven to earth. So I, I'm going to work through and, and I'm going to get there, but it's just a couple of 
things that you're going to find in Ephesians, and then we're going to crack on from verse 13 to 23. And, uh, and if you want to hear more of that message, you can, you can get it on, on the podcast, because I'll have more time in the second service. But really, the book of Ephesians is the unveiling, and we'll get to those scriptures now. It's the unveiling of the mystery of Christ for the church. It's the unveiling. It shouldn't remain a mystery to us. The Bible says that uh, the mystery of Christ is this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But then there's a mystery that Ephesians unveils for you and I to understand who we are and what we get to do because of Christ. And the purpose of Ephesians, you see in Ephesians 1, it's where Christ wants to form a body to express His fullness on earth. And you'll see this in, in verse 23. He wants to form a body to express His fullness. Habakkuk 2.4 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And if Christ in you is the hope of glory, then it's you and I taking the knowledge of the glory of God all over the earth. It's you and I. There's, there's one plan, and it's you and I expressing the fullness of Christ on the earth. Number two he does this by creating one new man. And, and here you see the fullness of Christ is Jesus' prayer in John 17 gets answered. Well, as it's getting answered, is a progressively prophetic answer to us becoming one new man. He says this in John 17, 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through your word that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you've sent me. And then he says, Lord, the glory that you've given me, I give to those that believe. That we get to carry this glory. So he creates this one new man. And then Ephesians 3 to 6, he continues to equip us. He continues to empower us. He continues to mature his body so that his body can extend his victorious kingdom until the end. Because we're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from victory. This is if we understand the new covenant and what Jesus has fully done. You see, friends, here's the thing. A lot of people say, it's finished. It is finished, but if we don't appropriate the finished work, I know some guys, oh, the gospel's finished. I'm going to sit, I'm going to rest, but then they come and they've got a black eye, and they're like, hey, where did that come from? We have to appropriate what has been finished in our lives. And in Ephesians speaks five times about heavenly realms. And you see, friends, if we are governed by the earthly realities in the world system, we are going to become formed, we, we conform to it. But he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind. We first have to understand that everything that God did in Christ was spiritual. So the church has tried to do it, and the government has tried to do it in a political agenda, but what Christ did, he did in the spiritual. So that's why five times he mentions spiritual realm. And I want to get there quickly. But in, in Ephesians, what you see in chapter 1, Jesus is revealed as your redeemer. In chapter 2, peacemaker. In chapter 3, the treasure chest where life's unsearchable riches we find in Christ. Chapter 4, the victorious one and the giver of gifts to his church. Five is the model of a beautiful husband. Number six, Lord Almighty in battle and the equipper of warfare. So if we don't understand that a lot of our battles are spiritual, 
what we do on earth is we shadow box. So we don't know what the target is. We don't know what we're targeting. Because we're praying to heaven for God to do something that Christ has already done on the cross, burial, and resurrection. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of God's purpose. He is present to empower us for God's purpose. He's the purifier of God's kingdom. You'll find him as the fountain that keeps God's people filled. He's the sword, the giver of God's word, and he's the strategist where we are in partnership when it comes to prayer and intercession for the sake of warfare. And you see, friends, here's the thing. The Bible says this in Ephesians 6. It says, we are not dealing with flesh and blood, with powers and principalities. You see, if we don't understand our governance, we don't understand our authority and our dominion, then we are operating in a level trying to defeat obstacles in front of us where it actually says, I want you to defeat those obstacles in the spiritual realm. So in Ephesians, it speaks of heavenly realms five times. Shedding light on the church's qualifications for dynamic kingdom advance. And, and you see, if we don't know what to do on the earth, let me tell you, He equips us in the spiritual realm. We understand where He's seated, we understand where we are seated and we co-heirs in the operating system. So we're blessed in the heavenly places, Ephesians 1.3 says. In Ephesians 1.20, it says, Christ was raised from the dead and seated at the right hand in heavenly places. And then Ephesians 2.6, it says, we raised up with him. And he seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ. So the triumph and the dominion that Christ have, we have. And all things that are under his feet are now under our feet. But it, it's useful to us when we appropriate our beliefs to that. Number four, heaven's wisdom is demonstrated to the church and through the church. How's this? So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Does heaven know you? Yes. Does earth know you? There's a couple of people who know you. But do, does the heavenly realms know you? Or are they like, oh, actually... Not really doing much on planet earth for the kingdom's sake. and leave them alone. Sometimes when you get things that come against you, it's because you're actually making decisions to advance the kingdom. And all of a sudden the enemy is going, wait, there's a couple more people. We need to stop them. We need to put something in their path to slow them down or get them off the path. Because these guys, these people here, this body, representing the fullness of Christ, if they get the mandate of the kingdom advancing, man, we're in trouble. Amen. You see, because the demons are not procreating. They were created, they were booted out of heaven, and they came. So wherever there's a, a demon or a devil, there's two angels. There's only a third got booted. So there's kingdom advance, but if we are more devil-focused then Christ victorious focused, then we start to fight battles here on the earthly realm, not understanding what He has done in Christ in the heavenly places. Is everyone with me? Okay. That's great. And then, 
Ephesians 6 is where he says we need to become heavenly minded so we become heavenly armed. And he arms us differently because the way we wage warfare is different to the way the world wages warfare. We bring down all lofty things, speculations and vain imaginations. We bring them down. We, ab- we pull them down. We abolish them. And we bring them into obedience of Christ. That's our job, but we, you don't understand who you are. You don't understand your operating system that you actually operate from. We conform to the pattern of this world. That's why sometimes you can't get up in the morning. Oh, I just uh, no. We don't understand his call or his invitation, which we'll come to. All right. I think there's a couple of those things. Okay, Ephesians one. Let's work through Ephesians 1. Thank you, my Jem Jem. Gemma doesn't like it that I draw attention to my beautiful daughter, but that's the privilege of being a father. So a couple of things, and then I want to try and hone in, in the last 15 minutes, I want to try and hone in to 17, 18, and 19, just to give us some tools. But it's in a magnificent portion of Scripture from 13 to 23. And so we'll read it, and then I'll pull some things out. Okay. So in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, that's the key. You've heard truth. What have you done with that truth? Have you believed it? Are you still in doubt? Have you believed it? Believed in him? You were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Now, a couple of things. When you believed, there was a transfer that took place. The Spirit of God took out of you the nature of sin, put inside of you the nature of righteousness, and the Holy Spirit came to live and abide in you. So He arms you that way. Spirit of God, no longer outside you, but inside of you because of your nature that's changed. He can't come into a nature that still is bound by sin. That nature has been removed from you. You might still be in practices of sin, but it's no longer your nature. The Holy Spirit comes and seals you as a guarantee. Now, because some of us have got an eternity perspective of going to heaven only, and not an eternity perspective of bringing heaven to earth, we we think who is a guarantee of inheritance until. That word until doesn't mean only until. So it's yes, we're going to get some awesome stuff when we go to heaven. You're in the spit zone here. And that until, (laughs) that until means in order that, in order that you acquire possession of it, that you now acquire possession of it. So the Holy Spirit is going, it's not only for there, it's for now. He's the Holy Spirit is a seal, is a guarantee until, no, not only until you get to heaven, here's another word. With a view to, with a view that you, you acquire of it, that you take possession of it. It's not only for there, it's for now. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee in you so you can acquire your inheritance, so you can acquire possession of it. You must try. You're not going to get all of it because we don't have enough time on earth, but you must try. Try. Shift your mindset and say, actually, 
I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Therefore, can I acquire some of my possession, please? But we're waiting to get to heaven. You see, in heaven, we're not going to have any more warfare. In heaven, you don't have to believe because you're there. Your faith is connected. Your faith took you there. We're not going to have to wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not going to have to wrestle against powers and principalities. Jesus is going to just come and he's going to sort it out and we have that time of glory. So he's saying, listen, while you're here, take possession of some of your inheritance, please. Verse 15. I thought that was good anyway. I don't know. But I think what we must do is must read the Bible a lot slower. Because there's so much in the Scriptures, friends. And if you're not reading it, what you're reading, because what you're reading is shifting your mindset. There's so much information, but is it transforming your life? Yeah, this glorious gospel will transform your life. Who is God revealed in Christ to you? Verse 15, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards the saints, would that be amazing if the city said, we hear about the faith of harvest and the love they have for one another? Oh, please, Jesus. Let it be, Jesus. Equals love for the saints, which means even those who are believers that you disagree with. Okay, naughty time. People speak against us all the time. We don't speak back. We build bridges. We will take people who say stuff about harvest and where harvest is going and what we're doing. But you know what, friends? We're going to carry on that, but we're going to bless our, our brothers and sisters who are saints. Might not believe that they're saints yet, but they're saints. You see, you and I are saints. We called out. We're not sinners hoping to be saints. We are saints who might still make a oopsie. But you see, we're getting to that place where we no longer want to do that because it's not a part of who we are. Imagine with me, that wouldn't that be beautiful? And then he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. It's such a key in prayer. Give thanks. That's where we start. We start to connect with the Father's heart when we have a heart of thanksgiving. Remembering you in my prayers, so that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That word knowledge means gnosko, which means to actually experience the revelation. Now, revelation here is not getting something that is still to come. The word means to disclose or take covers off. You see, it's a revelation, you, the disclosure of what already is. You see, we need a revelation. We need to renew our minds of what is already given in Christ, not something new. If, if it's something new, you try and work hard for it. But if you understand that Jesus has done it, the revelation is this. I get to understand a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Him. That revelation is the disclosure of what is already. You see, it's easier to release something that you have than to try and go and acquire something that you don't have. 
And the fact of the gospel, the resurrection of Jesus, is that we have it. We have it. It's all done. It's all done. We go, I appropriate my faith and my trust and my belief in what is done. I acquire of it and I get to release it. It's about renewing our minds, friends. Verse 18. We have to appropriate what is already ours through the renewing of our minds. Okay, verse 18. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might. There's just one scripture you can actually stay on. It is very, very powerful. Jim, Jim, can you put up the New King James for me, please, my sweetie? Now, this is a true description of that scripture. Because a lot of people go, whatever, what, what is the hope that I have been called to? Which actually his calling. So here's this. Let the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now another scripture says heart, but the, the Greek word is your understanding or your imagination or your mind. Okay? It's not specifically the cardia, which means your heart or the seat of your belief. The, for the seat of your beliefs to be changed, we have to renew our mind. We have to get have a different perspective, a different understanding. The eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your imagination, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know that word. See, there's the knowledge of him, which was gnosko. This word here is epigonosko, which means to be true in the knowledge of who, who he is. Expert knowledge. So, if I have got a knee that needs to be reconstructed, do I go to someone that has an opinion of what, my, what should happen to my knee, or do I go to the doctor who has expert knowledge of what needs to happen to my knee? It's one thing to have a knowledge of a car, but it's another thing to have expert knowledge of a mechanic. Okay, so Paul's prayer is like, I want you to know, I want you to have express expert knowledge of who he is. His prayer is that you and I can become experts in understanding who he is. The hope of his calling. So it's the hope of his calling. You know that word there? We have to try and sometimes demystify. It's like, what am I called to? We get so caught up. It's like, what am I called to? See the, but it's the hope of his calling. That word calling is the word invitation. And it's an invitation to a feast. So what are the riches of the glory? No, wait that you may know expert knowledge, what is the hope, confident expectation of his invitation. We, he wants us to have an expert knowledge of what Christ was invited to. It, back in those days, there was a big call. Where they were called to an invitation. You see, Jesus was called to an invitation. We have been brought into the invitation. What is the invitation? The invitation is for you and I to experience the privileges and the favor of the gospel. That's what you're called to. 
the invitation, it's His calling, it's His invitation to you and I to experience the full privilege and the full rights of what He has done on our behalf. Somebody get excited or something. <laughs> it's maybe just because I've spent hours and hours and hours preparing this. I'm like, it's like, bam, it's, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. It changed your life, this. The hope of his calling. Oh, Jesus. Amen. It's the hope of his calling, the invitation or a call to a feast, an invitation to the privileges of the gospel, the favor and the privilege of the invitation. You and your, you, your and my calling is to be invited to the feast with the Father. You see, friends, it all makes sense. Everything that we, our mandate, all of that, what we do, our specific understanding of the will of God for our lives all makes sense when we connected with the Father. You see, the enemy will do all of this in our mindsets and circumstances. He wants us to not get close to the Father. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance? Now, if you want to understand the riches of the glory of an inheritance, look to the person next to you because the Bible says it's in the saints. You see, all of the riches of the glory of God's inheritance sitting here could possibly bankrupt heaven. So what do you actually do with a revelation of understanding who is actually next to you? How do you treat that? Will you squander this inheritance or this relationship? Or will you look after it? Will you want to invest in it or with it? Will you gossip about it? Will you slander about the glory of the riches of his inheritance are in the saints? So even the person you disagree with, the glory, <laughs> the riches of the glory of their inheritance and we think that's only there. No, it's seated right here next to you. Amen. You, you see, when you do word studies, it's phenomenal because it's the riches of God's view and opinion, which is reality about his inheritance, is inside of Patrick. It's inside of John. It's inside of you and I. You see, when the body truly comes to together and we are maturing in Christ, we see facets of the nature of God that the angels right now see 24-7 when we are in the body together. We see the facets of God in each other. Because why? We've started from heavenly realms, not earthly. Everything that our eyes see can then disqualify what we believe is true about the person next to us. You see, so we have to get heaven's perspective. Father, how do you see? Because the glory, the riches of his glory, of this inheritance, man, it's powerful because it's so multi-generational. And how we view each other now then becomes a building block for how our children will view. 
I trained my kids. I said, no, 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 no. Hey, but boys, Olafias don't say that. They don't speak like that. This is who we are. Why? Because this is who we are in Christ. But I have to train my kids because they've got me as physical as father. So therefore, if more I understand father, the more I can push, put father here. Including discipline. <laughs> including discipline. My kids will not run riot. But they're not going to do that because I'm establishing them not based around their behavior only, but around their identity. I did an evaluation with my daughters in the car the other day. I said, hey, girlies, if I had to go, what are the building blocks? What are the things that you remember like this about what I've taught you? There is like self-evaluation right there. Like, eesh. Not what I gave you. Not what I, it's like, what did I build in you that you can stand when there's pressure? I was like, come on, girls. No, it, didn't, it wasn't that quick. It was like, hey, come on, come on. Yay! I hope I got out. And what is the exceeding greatness, and we're going to end right now, exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. And then you go and read the rest of the Scriptures. It's magnificent. There's your homework till next week, because next week it's, we're going to chapter 2. Oh, we had more time. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power? We're wanting to know the power of God. He's wanting us to know the immeasurable exceeding greatness of His power. You see, because the exceeding greatness of His power has been given to you and I, and the same power that raised Christ from the dead exists for you because it's toward you who believe. We're scratching on the surface of what this could look like. Oh God, let your power come for this. Or this. Let your exceedingly great, immeasurable power come in this area of my life. We are praying amiss sometimes. We're wanting the little power, which is power. You know what I'm saying? Let's not diminish God's power. But He's wanting us to know His immeasurable, exceeding greatness of His power. Can you see the language that Paul is expressing? He's going, hey, God's a lot bigger than you think. Let's change the way I think. Amen? Because right at the end, the last scripture, he says this. Jesus is in heavenly places. Verse 21, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but the one to come. Therefore, if he is far above, you are far above. And put all things under his feet and gave him head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. Jesus gives his body his fullness. He doesn't give us some part of him. He says, I, all things to the church, which is by the fullness of him who fills all in all. Can you stand with me in Jesus' name? Okay. If you get one thing, just God is a whole bunch bigger this morning. Let's change the way we think, friends. It's, the, it's, it's a renewed mind or a spiritual mind finds life and peace. A renewed mind finds the will of God. So, Heavenly Father, give us a great desire for your word, to study your word, 
to be filled by your word, to be taught by the Holy Spirit, so we can be change agents and transformation for those people around us. Father, let us start praying according to your will and according to your word, which is far greater in vocab than we are currently praying in. So I thank you, Father, that we are existing in heavenly places. Therefore, we get to play a part of the strategic change that needs to happen on earth. Empower us, I pray in Jesus' name. Renew our minds by the Spirit of God, I pray. Amen and amen.